Welcome to the Elevate Life podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. Let's go, y'all. So glad you're here. Always an honor to, to have you. Also got my wingman today, Arthur, right back in the back. Did our, did our worship team do a great job today? They did, they did amazing, and again, it's just always a blessing to have you guys here, and um, we're in this legend series, and I just thought in my mind um, how the Bible is full of legends and what it means to, to be a person that is the making of a legend. Some of you are legendary in your family uh, because you're the first one uh, who graduated junior high. Y'all didn't get that. Anyway, some of y'all were the first to go to college. Some of y'all were the first to actually get a good job. Some of you were the first to stay married. Uh, some of you were the first to, to invite Jesus Christ into your life. Uh, and so I just wanted to talk to you about the making of a legend today. And again, it's so great to be with you. So great to be in the house of God. Uh, thank you for joining us online as well. We love all y'all, but get here to church when you can. All right. So again, our core scripture for this year, because we are in our year of promise, this is Promise the Dream Weekend. Did you hear all those amens? That must have been in heaven. It's Promise the Dream Weekend. Um, let, me, let me just say this. What that means for those of you that are new with us is that we all, as a church, as a family of choice, we give over and above the first weekend of every month uh, in whatever year that God has called us uh, and given us the name for that year. And this year is promise. We are living in the promises of God. We're going to see the promises of God happen in our own life. We're also going to make some promises happen for other people. And so we're excited about that uh, for you. But for all the promises of God, as we've already said, in him are yes and in him, amen, to the glory of God through us. So it's one thing to have a promise from God it's another thing to understand that God is glorified when those promises happen in us, to us, and through us. God doesn't just want you to read his promises and say, oh, yes, that's good for me and my four and no more. Uh, but he wants the promises to come to pass for you to not only prove who he is in your life, but also that your life proves to other people who are not believers that, that God is real and that God is not only a promise maker, but God is a promise keeper. Amen? So with that said, let's look at the making of a legend. And I, I chose, it's kind of a funny uh, side note. I'll just share this with y'all. So uh, Keila, my, my Keila, Pastor Keila, preached last week. And uh, y'all give her a hand. And again, to see, to see your kids and to see uh, a, a daughter of this house to emerge, and not just for, for me and my child, but I'm just saying, we believe this for your children as well. But it's kind of funny because last week I said to her, I said, Keila, I think it'd be great if you uh, preached on a legendary woman in Scripture. And she goes, do I have to preach on a woman? I go, no, you can preach on whatever you want to, Keila. I said, I just thought it'd be good if you preached on a woman. So today I'm going to preach on a woman. I'm going to preach on a woman. You know why? Because women are legends. Come on, ladies. Y'all yeah, know. Y'all know. And so, 
So uh, there's so many wonderful stories of legendary women in the Bible. And this is a house, in case you don't know this, um, we were on the front end, and I'm not even sure when I say the front end, it's not, it's not widely held now uh, in, in the church at large. But we were, when we started our church 22 years ago, Sheila was not just uh, a pastor's wife. Sheila was a co-pastor with me. You need to understand that. Most churches that you'll walk into, I can listen. Gateway, Hope Fellowship, these are the closest ones to us. They do not have a co-pastor situation. They do not recognize the husband and the wife as co-pastors. I'm not saying that we're better than them. What I'm saying is that's one of the distinctives of this house for 22 years is that we honor women, we promote women, we bless women in ministry. There's other churches who don't believe women should preach, don't believe women should hold play. I don't know what they're thinking. I don't know where they see that in Scripture. But in this house, we believe in women. We believe in the power of a woman. And I share that with you again, not to be politically correct, because listen, it's gone, it's gone upside down. You know why? Because now it's like even when we ask somebody that, I don't know if she was confirmed or not. I hadn't even watched the news. But when you ask somebody that's going to be a Supreme Court justice, how do you define a female? And they can't tell you that. Well, I'm just not sure. Well, I don't think you should be making a judgment about anybody on any day. That's what I would tell you. There's so much confusion today in the world about male and female. But let me remind you, the Bible says that he created male and female. He created us. And there is so much confusion in the world today because people do not have their identity in the Lord Jesus Christ. And when you're left to yourself, you're like one of the Disney officials that said just this, this week, one of the Disney executives that said this week, well, I'm a parent of a pansexual and a transgender child. And I think in my mind, no, you're not a parent. You're not a parent or you wouldn't have a kid that didn't know who they were in Christ. So anyway, I just wanted to kind of get that out of the way because I want to share with you guys, we got a whole lot of upside down, back, backwards situations. But in this house, we recognize females. We recognize women that none of us would be here if it wasn't for women. They birthed us into the earth. We celebrate the women in this house. I just want y'all to know that. I just want y'all to know that. So I don't just honor my wife, I honor every woman that's in ministry. Every woman that's a mother, every woman that's a sister, every woman that's a daughter. And when I think about legends, the legends in my life were not men. That's why I feel like that I've got to be a man. That's why I feel like that I've got to speak for men. That's why I feel like that God's put a mantle on my life to raise up men, why? Because the truth is, all of society's ills, this is my opinion, from poverty to sex trafficking to crime are all male-dominated and male-led. I'm not saying that to emasculate men. I'm just telling you, that's why God's put a mandate on this house to have strong men, that we can raise up strong men and strong women and strong families. That's what makes this Parent Summit so important. It ought to be the biggest thing that we do this year. It ought to be packed out. If you're a parent or if you want to be a parent, you need to be here. Why? Because one of the things I'm going to talk about, I tell Pastor Sheila, 
this this week. I said, one of the things I'm going to talk about at the Parent Summit is what every parent should be talking to their children about, whether they're in your home or whether they're your adult children. Every parent should be having these conversations. You will never stop being your child's parent. You may parent them differently. But again, I'm just convinced. I've been, I'm 62 in three months. I'm not even 62 and a half yet. I'm just 62 in three months. But it's shocking to me that parents do not know how to talk to their kids. It's shocking to me that a parent will not sit down and look their child in the face and say, this is how it is in our house. This is the way we live. But guess what? When you don't have core values, when you don't have a family mission statement, when you don't, when you don't have a true identity as a family, by the way, in this house you should, but when you don't, your kids are going to be all over the map. If you're not strong, you're going to create weak children. So you've got to be strong. So anyway, I, I hope you'll be here. It's going to be very powerful. But again, the legend that I chose to speak, to speak on, uh, to speak about this morning uh, is a woman. Because women have always been uh, heroes to me. My mamma was my hero. My mamma was a legend. The book that I wrote... Mamaw's Tenets for Life. If you don't have it, I would encourage you to get it. We haven't even really talked about it since the journals came in, but uh, unfortunately, we ordered them out of China. And uh, so they got hung up on a ship somewhere, but they finally came in. So I've got the journal with the book, Mamaw's Tenets for Life, the exact journal that I hand wrote for my mamaw to answer some questions about her life so that I could pass those on generationally to my children is the same now journal that's available as a companion with that book. I encourage you to get it. It's called the Legacy Journal. Why is that? Because, listen, family, we have got to pass on the kingdom to our children and our children's children or the kingdom stops with you. It's wonderful if you're a wonderful Christian. It's wonderful if you love Jesus and you know that you're going to heaven. If you look at your kids and they're not, you've got some work to do. And don't think because they're grown that your voice doesn't matter. You are the only parent they've got and speak to them like that. Speak to them like, anyway, we'll save that for this weekend or next weekend. But I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. I my mother uh, was a hero in my life. My mother uh, prayed with me when we were growing up, and we would spend hours literally in prayer. We would, we would, she'd just say, hey, come pray with me. And we'd, we'd go pray. We'd go out in the spirit. It was, like, it was like some of the craziest times. And some of us have a hard time praying with our kids. And again, I'll talk more about that this weekend. But whether your kids are adults or whether your kids are still in your house, one of the most powerful things you can do is say, hey, come pray with me. Come on, let's just pray together. Let's just, let's just talk. Let's talk to God together. And I'm telling you, that's where I learned about the Holy Ghost, y'all. That's where I learned about the Holy Spirit. Yeah, I was taught in church, but I learned about the power of the Holy Spirit in my own home. And that's how it should be in our homes. But again, we don't understand how important that is. I think God has a special place in his heart for women. I really do believe this. I think God loves women more than he loves men. I really do. 
I love women more than I love men. <laughs> How many of you men can identify with what I'm saying? I mean, we, we love everybody, right? But I do love my son very much, and I do love my friends very much, Mike. And I do, I do, but, but God always saves the best for last. So he creates man, and then he says, mm. the only time he says it's not good, he goes, it is not good for him to be alone. I've got to make him a helper. Oh, by the way, I'm going to pull a rib out of him. And out of him, I'm going to take the best part out of him and use the best part of him to make a woman. And so he caused a deep sleep to fall upon man. This is in scripture. And, and Adam woke up. And you've heard me say this many times. Whoa, man. And God said, yes, that's her name. Whoa, man. Because as you honor her, Adam, you'll honor me. As you honor her, Adam, you'll be honoring the best part of yourself. As you learn to honor her, you'll learn that honor is the one thing that makes everything else in your life work like God intended for it to work. And oh, by the way, by honoring her, it doesn't mean it's going to be easy. But you're going to learn to prefer her. And as you learn to prefer her, you'll become a great businessman. You'll become a great kingdom man because you'll understand how serving other people is what it's all about. That it's not just about you, it's about other people. So again, when I think about women in scripture, I want to talk about Mary. And not Mary, the mother of Jesus. Not Mary Magdalene. Not Mary of Salome. There's several Marys in the Bible that are worth mentioning. But I want to talk about Mary of Bethany for the next few minutes. Luke, the 10th chapter, the 38th verse starts this way. Now, while they were on their way, Jesus entered a village called Bethany. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who seated herself at the Lord's feet and was continually listening to his teaching. But Martha was very busy and distracted with all of her serving responsibilities. And she approached him and said, Lord, is it of no concern to you that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Tell her to come help me and do her part. But only one thing is necessary. Jesus said, for Mary has chosen the good part, that which is to her advantage, which will not be taken away from her. Wow. Wow. Go, go, go tell Jesus, I'm getting all this together. And Mary's just sitting there. She is not doing one thing. And Jesus said, in fact, I'm going to go there just real quick in, in, the, in, in, this, in this Bible. You see, sometimes there's a lot I could say about this, but sometimes we get so caught up in what we're doing and what we think is so important that what ends up happening in our life 
is we get inundated with all the things that we know that need to be done. Are y'all hearing me? Tell her to help me. And Jesus said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things. How many of you would just be honest today? Just be honest with me just for a second and say, I'm worried and troubled about many things or I'm worried about some things. I'm troubled about some things, but worry and trouble, yeah, I can identify with that. Let me just see your hands, all right? So most of us, so look at what Jesus says. You're worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Wow. You're, you're worried and troubled about many things. So I want you to think about what you're worried and troubled about right now. What you're, cons- what you're, what you're most concerned about right now. In different seasons, it's, it's different things. You know, I see my friends, Mike and Yvonne Escobedo over here. How long ago was Connor diagnosed with was it, was it brain cancer? Is that what it was called? or Skull cancer. How long ago was that? Ten years ago. How long did it, how long did it last? The, the worry about that and the trouble about that, even though you were praying, believing God, but how long was that journey until he was completely healed? A little over a year. Now, here's faithful people in God. They have one child. And the one child that they have gets skull cancer. Very rare for them, if I remember right. Very rare. They didn't know what the outcome was going to be. All of us have, they had one son. But some of us have one thing that we're really worried about or one kid that we're really worried about or one situation. But Jesus looked at Martha And let me just say this. He did not affirm her, by the way. He did not say, well, Martha, let me just stop you for a minute and thank you for all you're doing. And just just let let Mary be. Now, you know what he said? He said, "You're you're worried and you're troubled about many things. But this one thing is what is needed. Watch this. To fix everything else. So here's my point. Choose the one thing because it will give you the advantage in everything. Choose the one thing. Choose the one thing every day to worship Jesus. Choose the one thing every day that will make everything else work out for your advantage. What's the one thing? Turn your eyes on Jesus. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Sing that, Arthur. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Turn, turn your eyes upon Jesus. I want him just to sing it. I want you to close your eyes. Everybody just close your eyes. Just sing that, Arthur. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. This wonderful And the thing Everybody look up here at me. What's worrying you today? 
What's troubling you today? What's concerning you today? Jesus knows all about it. He knows all about it. And so watch this. In the middle of her being worried and troubled about many things, here's what happens in our marriages. Here's what happens in our life. In the middle of being worried and troubled about many things, all of a sudden, we're making an issue about something that shouldn't be that big of an issue. All of a sudden now she's projecting her worry, she's projecting her trouble on the fact that Mary is not helping her. Because really, here's how she feels. Nobody helps her. Nobody's helping her. And now here she is again. She's carrying the whole weight of everything. And then she goes to Jesus. She doesn't go to, to Mary. She doesn't say, Mary, get in, get in the kitchen in here and help me. But she goes to Jesus. Watch this now. Jesus, I need, this is how we pray. I need you to tell her what I want her to do. Oh, some of y'all are laughing right now, my friend Mark. You know, you, know, some, you, you, know, you know what the truth is? Some of you need to really let that sink in. Oftentimes, here's the way we're praying to Jesus. Jesus, I need you to tell them to stop. Jesus, I need you to fix this. Jesus, I need you to do that. In other words, Jesus, here's what I need you to do. And Jesus doesn't even, hey, y'all, sweet, precious little Jesus doesn't say, now, Martha, we all appreciate you. You're amazing. Thank you for serving. You know why? Because in that moment, he wasn't concerned about giving her, in our family, what's become known as the candy of encouragement. But he gave her the anvil of leadership. See, some of us, watch this now, there's a lot in this story. We're wanting somebody to appreciate us, and that's what's blocking the one thing. We're wanting somebody to affirm us. We're, we're wanting somebody to make us feel special. And yet, hey, Martha, why don't you just do what you do? Why don't you just take your gift and don't worry about what Mary's doing. I'm talking to somebody now. Don't worry about what they're doing or what they're not doing or what you're doing that's more than what somebody else is doing at work. I'm talking to somebody now. But you just choose the one thing that's needed. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I make you number one in my life. Jesus, I'm just going to stop my worry. I'm going to stop my trouble. Watch this now. And I'm not going to miss your presence because I'm projecting on other people, in this case, Mary, what the worry and troubles that I have are in my life. See, this is what messes up relationships. What messes up relationships is that we have these worries, we have these troubles, we have these concerns, and all of a sudden, let's talk about marriage for a minute. I'm projecting all of that on my spouse. So, uh, Dr. John, I had this revelation many years ago, and I said, Precious, here's what I need you to know about me. I carry a lot of weight. I'm going to carry a lot of weight. And I don't know what it is, but as I get older, I just keep adding it on. It's like, okay, here's a little bit more weight. Okay, here's a little bit more. Wow, because God, listen, y'all, God didn't make me big so that I could retire. He didn't make me big so I wouldn't have any issues. He made me big to fix big stuff. Yeah. 
and to carry a weight. And so watch this. It's a lot, y'all. People that know me, they know I carry a lot of weight, a lot of responsibility, way outside this church. But this church is weighty enough, believe me. Now, here's what I told little Precious. I don't even know when this was, 25, 30 years ago. I said, I need you to help me, and I need you to give me mercy and also bring to my attention when my intensity between you and I is not between you and I, but something else is going on. Just help me. And she's done a beautiful job at that. Watch this. So here's what happens. If I go there because of my worry and my trouble and the things that I'm going through, and it starts affecting us, she's become, she has a master's degree in this. She has life mastery in this area to depersonalize it and to say, you know what? What's, what's going on with you right now? So Amber... That's what God wants you to know about Sam. It ain't about Sam and you. Part of your job is to help Sam come alongside Sam. And I could, Amber's my friend, so I can talk to her that way. But I'm saying that to anybody. My friend Darlene, she's, she's got, uh, by the way, she's got her master's too. She's, uh, she's mastery level. It's like living with a husband that's head down, butt up all the time. So it's like, okay, that's not, that's not just about me. I just, want to, I just want you to listen really carefully today to what I'm saying. Sometimes we're taking what we're worried, troubled, and concerned about, and we're projecting that on other relationships, and it's messing those relationships up. Jesus was more concerned about dealing with what was in Martha's heart than he was about consoling her because she wasn't getting the help she thought she wanted. Some of us cannot hear Jesus because we're so troubled and we're so worried and we're so angry about people around us that we have this expectation on them. And Jesus brings us back and says, you know what, Martha, you're troubled and you're worried or you're worried and you're troubled about many things. But this is one thing that is needed. It's the most important thing. If you got that, say, I got that. Come on, I got that. Luke 12, I'm going to read y'all some scripture today. Then he told a parable saying, there was a rich man whose land was very fertile and productive. And he began thinking to himself, what shall I do since I have no place large enough in which to store my crops? Then he said, this is what I will do. I will tear down my storehouses and I'll build larger ones. And I will store all my grain and my goods there. And I will say to my soul, my mind, my will, and my emotions, where we have our trouble where we have our worries. I will say to my soul, Saul, you have many good things stored up. Enough for many years. Rest, relax, eat, drink, and be merry. Celebrate continually. That's the American dream, isn't it? Y'all, I got so much. I got it stored up. I got the future taken care of. I don't have one worry in my life. But God said, by the way, remember this, everything before but doesn't matter. So here's how he's thinking, soul, we're doing good, man. Wow, I've done everything to navigate and mitigate. Everybody say navigate and mitigate. Because you see, your, your whole life you'll be doing that. Your navigation and how you're doing will mitigate the negatives or perpetuate the negatives in your life. So you got to become a master at navigating 
and mitigating. Navigating your life in such a way that it mitigates any trouble that comes your way. So important. But God said, you fool. Why is that foolish, God? I mean, I, I got my stuff. I tore down. Listen, I had to, I, I don't just have my, some of this. I got so much stuff. I got, you know, one of the biggest businesses in America is the storage business. Because we got so much stuff, we can't even fit it in our house now. So we go to rent a storage place for stuff that we'll probably never look at again. But hey, that's our stuff. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? It's like, oh, by the way, it's a good business to get into. I got a friend. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your soul is required for you. And now who will own all the things that you prepared? So it is for the one who continues to store up and hoard possessions for himself and is not rich in his relationship towards God. Choose the one thing that will give you an advantage in everything. What is that? Get rich in God. I said get rich in God. Jesus said to his disciples, for this reason I tell you, do not worry about your life. As to what you will eat about your body, what you'll wear. For life is more than food and body and than clothes. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap. They have no storehouse or barn, and yet God feeds them. How much more valuable are you than birds? Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Come on, y'all. Thank you, Jesus. And which of you, by worrying, can add one hour to his lifespan? So if you are not even able to do the little things such as that, why are you worried about the rest? I'm talking to somebody today. In fact, if this word's talking to you, stand up right now. If this word is speaking to you right now, stand up right now. Because some of y'all have been carrying some worry. You've been carrying some trouble. I want you to do this right now. Just lift up your hands. Come on, just lift up your hands. And say, just for a minute. Say this way. Say, just for a minute. God, I'm going to let it go. I'm going to choose the one thing. I'm going to choose the one thing to focus on you and not that right now. Holy Spirit, speak to me. And now I speak over you the peace that surpasses all understanding in the name of Jesus. Be seated and get ready to receive this. Come on, y'all ready? Are you ready? He says, consider the lilies and the wildflowers and how they grow. They neither, neither label nor spin. Yet I tell you not, even Solomon in all his glory and splendor dressed himself as like one of these. But if this is how God clothes the grass which is in the field today and tomorrow thrown into the furnace, how much more will God clothe you? Somebody put an amen on that. You have little faith. So as for you, so as for you, everybody say, so as for me. Come on, everybody say, so, say, so as for me. Do not seek what you will eat and what you will drink, nor have an anxious, unsettled mind. For all the pagan nations of the world greedily seek these things. And your heavenly Father already knows that you need them. But strive for and actively seek his kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well 
Do not be afraid or anxious, little flock. This is one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. For it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Come on, y'all. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. But watch this. When you're worried, when you're troubled, when you're anxious, how many of you know it's easy to miss? It's easy to miss. Chuck, you got to. Thank you very much. My nose has decided it wants to run. Well, let's go. Okay. What is the one thing, y'all? It's the kingdom of God. What is the one thing? It is the kingdom of God. It is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. But watch this. If you're worried about this or that or troubled about this or that and you're not focused on the kingdom... You'll be inundated with that and you won't navigate your life that mitigates the negatives. You'll navigate your life that perpetuates the negatives. Choose the one thing, Mary. Mary was a legend because she chose the one thing. She, it didn't matter if her sister Martha was going to be mad at her. It didn't matter what anybody else thought. She chose the one thing. Matthew 6, and 34, y'all know this scripture. But first and most importantly, seek, aim at, strive after his kingdom and his righteousness, his way of doing and being right, the attitude, the character of God, and all these things will be given to you also. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Come on, y'all. We're in the house of God today. We're getting a word from God today for our life. And we're getting to hear about the making of a legend. So how's, how does the making of a legend happen? You choose the one thing that gives you the advantage in everything else. In other words, Jesus said it himself. Not only is it the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom, but watch this. If you make the one thing the most important thing, he'll add all these other things that you're worried and troubled and concerned about to you if, dot, 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 they're good for you. By the way, whatever kind of car you decide to drive is good for you. Somebody ought to put an amen on that. Don't judge other people because of what they drive. Whatever kind of house you decide, to, you decide to live in, that you decide to pay the price for is good for you. Come on, put an amen on that. Whatever you decide that is good for you, watch this, is good for you as long as you are seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Don't seek those things first. Here's the second thing, the making of a legend. First thing is choose the one thing. Come on, y'all. Choose the one thing. What's the one thing? Talk back to me. The kingdom. All right? Here's the second thing. Here was the making of a legend with Mary. Believe for the impossible based on the promises of God. Believe for the impossible based on the promises of God. This is legendary. It's legendary. This is one of the greatest stories in the Bible. John, the 11th chapter. Just let me, let me, I told you I was, I was going to read y'all some scripture today. Is it okay? All right, so, so just listen for a minute. Now, a certain man was sick. His name was Lazarus of Bethany, the town of Mary and her sister Martha. It was that Mary who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil, wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore, the sisters sent to Jesus saying, Lord, behold, the one you love is sick. When Jesus heard this, he said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the son of God may be glorified in it. 
Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So here's two sisters and a bro, Josh. That was what I named their little group, and they used to sing with me on the road. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so when he had heard he was sick, he stayed two more days. Oh, that's love. Hey, by the way, they sent for him. Lazarus is sick. He's about to die. He loved them so much, the Bible said he just waited. I'm speaking to somebody now. God loves you so much, he's just waiting right now. No, but I need him to. God loves you so much, he's just waiting right now so that his glory can be proven in your life. Yeah, but I need you to tell Mary, Jesus, Jesus, here's what I need you to do in this situation. God might just love you so much, he's just waiting. I just find that so interesting. He loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, so he heard that he was sick and he stayed two more days in the place where he was. You would, now, isn't that opposite of the way we think? Oh, if he loved her so much, oh, I'll be right there. Because watch this. That's how we're wired. I'll, I'll, I'll be, oh, I'll be right there. And we miss God because we're hurrying here and hurrying there. Watch this. Based on the need that we think we can feel. He loved them so much. He just went ahead and stayed two more days. What? <laughs> Then after that, he said to his disciples, hey, let's go to Judea again. The disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews wanted to stone you, and you're going there again. And Jesus said, are there not 12 hours in a day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he who sees the light of this world. But if one who walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. These things he said... And after that, he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that, that I might wake him up. Then his disciples said, Lord, if he, if he sleeps, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought that he was speaking about taking a rest. Hmm. What might be Jesus speaking to you that you're thinking totally the opposite of what he's saying? Oh, Lazarus is sleeping. Well, if he's sleeping, he's going to get some good rest. No, I'm not talking about that. Then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. You ought to memorize that scripture. <laughs> Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there, that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. Then Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Oh, he had no idea what he was talking about. So when Jesus came and he found that he'd already been in the tomb for four days, now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles, and many of the Jews had joined women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him, but Mary was sitting at the house. Here's Martha. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. Jesus is coming. Mary's just hanging back at the house. 
By the way, we're not talking about Martha today. We're talking about Mary, the legend. Now, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask of God, God will give you. Somebody put an amen on that. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. I'm about to do a miracle, y'all. Your brother will rise again. Martha said to him, I know that he will rise in the resurrection of the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? She said to him, yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. And when she had said these things, she went her way and secretly called Mary her sister. I just find this interesting. Hey, Mary, um, the teacher has come and is calling for you. He's calling for you. Hmm. As soon as she heard that, she rose quickly and came to him. Now, Jesus had not yet come into town, but was in a place where Martha met him. Then the Jews who were with her in the house comforting her, when they saw that Mary rose up quickly and went out, they followed her saying, she is going to the tomb to weep there. Then when Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell down at his feet saying to him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Now watch, watch Jesus' response. He didn't say the same thing to Mary that he said to Martha. He didn't say, hey, your brother's going to rise. Watch what he said. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who came with her weeping, he groaned in the spirit and he was troubled. And he said, where have they laid him? Isn't it interesting that he didn't tell the sisters the same thing? In fact, it didn't say that he cried when Martha said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But what made him weep? The fact that Mary wept. Let me tell you, let me tell you what gets God's attention for you. What gets God's attention for you is what makes you weep. It doesn't get God's attention what you do, but it gets his attention for what moves you. And when he saw them weeping, both her and the Jews with her, he groaned in his spirit. And he said, where have they laid him? And they said to him, Lord, come and see. And when Jesus looked at the tomb where they laid Lazarus, shortest scripture in the Bible, John eleven thirty five, one one scripture, Jesus wept. Then the Jews said, see how he loved him? And some of them said, could not this man who opened the eyes of the blind also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again groaning in himself, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and there was a stone laid against it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. And Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said, Lord, by this time there'll be a stench, for he's been dead for four days. Jesus said to her, listen, did I not say to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? Would you just lift up your hands right now? I want to speak this over your life. If you would believe, you would see the glory of God.
They took away the stone from that place where the dead man was lying. Jesus lifted up his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. And I know that you always hear me. But because of the people who are standing by, I said this, that they may believe that you sent me. Now, when he had said these things, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he who was dead came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes, and his face was wrapped with a cloth. And Jesus said, Loose him and let him go. Come on, y'all. What was the making of the legend? Here's number two. Believe for the impossible based on the promises of God. It's not by accident that God gave us the word last year, possible, and then this year, promises. Why? Because he wanted us to see what was possible based on the promises of God. Once God gives this word to church, I can't speak about any other church, but once God gives this word to church, this, this church a word, our family a word, it's perpetual from here to forth, forevermore in the future. We are going to live with God, in the with God, all things are possible. Come on, y'all. We're going to perpetually live there. Watch this. We're going to navigate our life so that we mitigate the enemy's attacks. We mitigate the negatives. We mitigate our own voices. We mitigate the voices of other people. And guess what? Based on the promises of God, whatever God says is possible is going to be possible in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So again, you become legendary. It's the making of a legend. Mary, Jesus said to her, did I not say to you that if you believe in me, you will see the glory of God? Here's the last thing. And I'm going to ask the team to go ahead and come out if they would. The making of a legend is do good and beautiful things to Jesus and for Jesus. Mark, the 14th chapter. Same Mary, by the way, portrayed in a different gospel. Listen to this. Here's what happens. While he was in Bethany... At the home of Simon the leper, reclining at a table, a woman came in with an alabaster vial of very costly and precious perfume of pure nard. And she broke the vial and she poured the perfume over his head. But there were some who were indignantly remarking to one another, why has this perfume been wasted? For this perfume might have been sold for more than 300 denarii, a laborer's wages for almost a year. And the money could have been given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why are you bothering her and causing trouble? She has done good, a good and beautiful thing to me. For you will always have the poor with you. And whenever you wish you could do something good to them, anytime you can do something for the poor, but you will not always have me. She has done what she could. She has anointed my body beforehand for the burial. And I assure you and most solemnly say to you, wherever the good news regarding salvation is proclaimed throughout the world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. That's why Mary is a legend. 
Because Jesus himself said, anytime good news is proclaimed, what she did, this one thing, what she did, believing for the impossible, when it seemed like that it was impossible and she believed me, what she did is the one thing that I want every person to do. Because if you'll do this, it will be a beautiful thing to me. It will be a good thing to me. And oh, by the way, I'm the God that makes everything beautiful in its time. I'm the God that makes everything beautiful in its time. I wrote this. God makes everything beautiful in its time. When you do what is good and beautiful with your time, with your talent, and with your treasure. There is a season, the Bible says, a time appointed for everything and a time for every delight, event, or purpose under heaven. I want you just to stop and think about that for a minute. There's a season. The Bible calls every season you're in an appointed time. For everything and a time for every delight and every event or purpose under heaven. There's a time to be born and a time to die. Hey guys, we're still alive. Come on, let's give God praise for that. Amen. There's a time to plant and there's a time to uproot what is planted. There's a time to kill. There's a time to heal. There's a time to tear down. There's a time to build up. There's a time to weep. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to mourn. There's a time to dance. There's a time to throw away stones. There's a time to gather stones. There's a, there's a time to embrace. There's a time to refrain, refrain from embracing. There's a time to search and there's a time to give up as lost. There's a time to keep and there's a time to throw away. I'm speaking to somebody today because God's speaking to somebody today. There's a time to tear apart and there's a time to sew together. A time to keep Keep silent and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. What profit is there for the worker from that in which he labors? I have seen the task which God has given the sons of men with which to occupy themselves. And watch this, church. He has made everything beautiful and appropriate in its time. He has also planted eternity, a sense of divine purpose in every human heart, a mysterious longing which nothing under the sun can satisfy except God. Yet man cannot find out, comprehend, or grasp what God has done his overall plan from beginning to end. So you know what we got to do? What we've got to do is we've got to decide to be people. And let's go from the back to the front, from three to one. That we do good and beautiful things to and for Jesus. That we believe for the impossible based on the promises of God. And that we do the one thing that will give us an advantage in every area of our life. Wow. Thank you, Mary, for being an example, a legend for us to follow and to know what's most important. Amen. Thank you, God, for your word today. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.